Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. We're so glad you're here this morning. I want to share with you an Easter message simply entitled, Go in a way that was not like you expected. Maybe you had someone show up at your house that was not expected. I've discovered as a pastor that, that I can really freak some people out just by showing up at their house. I've discovered church people don't always let the pastor in when you just show up at their house if you weren't expected. Well, did you know the first Easter morning that we're celebrating this morning when Jesus rose from the grave, it was not at all what people expected. And so if you have some unexpected things going on in your life tonight or this morning, I believe this Easter is for you. I believe today God has a message for you because Easter sort of celebrates the unexpected. There are several unexpected things going on in a lot of our lives today. I shared with the first service that I'm, if you're a guest, this will be a little bit insight into me. I'm 45 years old and I'm the father of a four-year-old. Not exactly what I expected. I'm thrilled about it. I'm excited about it. Sign me up every day of the week. It's just not what I expected. Expect. I mean, you know that sometimes unexpected things can be good, right? You wake home, you walk in the room, this, you walk home this afternoon, you put on an old pair of jeans, and you found a $20 bill. Unexpected, but good, right? But not every, uh, not every unexpected thing is good. I was speaking to some people recently that made this statement. I never expected to be going through a divorce. I never expected to be a widow or widower this young. I never expected to know the pain of losing a child. I never expected to have to learn with a disability, learn to live with a disability. I never expected to be diagnosed with a crippling disease. Here's what I'm discovering. Life is not fair. Life is not always fun. And life often deals us the unexpected. And I just want to tell you this morning, if this Easter Sunday finds you dealing with something totally unexpected, then you are in good company with the people of the Bible. Because on the first Easter morning, no one was expecting Jesus to be alive. As a matter of fact, over and over again, Jesus said these words, that I will be crucified, and in different forms, and different, he uses different examples, but in different times, and different ways, he says that I will be killed, I will die, I'll be buried for three days, but then I will rise again. And yet, even though he said that repeatedly, no one altered their expectations on that Easter morning. It's almost like the words of Jesus did not alter people's expectations. It's almost like people heard what they wanted to hear instead of what Jesus was actually saying. I wonder if it's possible in 2022 if we're actually hearing what Jesus is saying, are we just more about hearing what we want to hear from the Word of God? Do we, hear, do we live by what we want to hear 
Or do we live by what Jesus does? See, on the first Easter morning, most people were just living by what they could see, by what they felt, and what they'd wanted to hear. And they were blind to what Jesus was actually doing, which is why everyone was not expecting anything to change on Easter morning. So in Matthew, 20, in Matthew 28, we're going to read about the morning that no one expected anything. It says, After the Sabbath at dawn, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Now Mark's gospel and Luke's gospel tells us why they were going, to, going there. They weren't just going to look and go back home. They were going to look to anoint the body of Jesus for burial. Jesus had been crucified and buried so quickly that they didn't have time to do what a caring mother and caring friends would want to do for someone who passed away. So they're going on Easter morning not to discover a risen Savior. They're going to, their, to do their very best to honor her son, their friend, that had been killed. And there was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were like snow. The guards were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He is risen just as he said, come and see the place where he lay, then quickly go and tell his disciples he was risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. Then you will see him now that I've told you. So the women hurried away, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid, but go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they'll see me. Father, I just thank you for every person sitting in the room and those watching online this morning as we celebrate your resurrection. Father, we need resurrection power for life. Our life doesn't go the way we planned. God, our life doesn't always go the way we expected. But Father, I know this morning, no matter where this season finds us, even if we're dealing with the most unexpected season of our life, God, do you have a way to step in and take what was totally unexpected and work it for good? And I pray you'll do that in people's life all across this room and even those who are watching online today. I pray you'll help me to speak the words of God, the words of God alone, and order us to hear what the Holy Spirit would say to us. And we'll give you thanks for it. Anybody in the room said amen? On the first Easter, no one said, aha, I was right. On the first Easter morning, there was no, Vegas was not taking bets on the line to see who thought he was going to raise again and who thought he wouldn't. No one expected Jesus to rise again. As a matter of fact, the only people who even, who even thought, the only people who even paid attention to the idea that Jesus said he was going to be risen again was a group of people known as the Pharisees. Now, how many of, most of us don't consider, if you're, if you're a, a student of the Bible, most people don't believe the Pharisees to be people who actively believed what Jesus said, right? They spent most of their time trying to prove that what Jesus said was false. But, but after the crucifixion, while Jesus was buried, the Pharisees, out of everyone on planet Earth, it was the Pharisees that said, hey, do y'all remember what Jesus said? He said... 
that if he was killed and buried, that on the third day he was going to rise again. And the Pharisees got together and they thought this thought. If his disciples go to that tomb and steal his body, there will be no stop to this thing that eventually was called Christianity. There will be no stop to the way as it would become known. There will be no stop to people believing that Jesus was alive. So let's send some soldiers to the tomb and guard it so that no one could steal the body. They weren't afraid that Jesus would raise from the dead. That was impossible. What they were afraid of was the disciples may have stolen or may think of stealing his body. I'm just saying all that to say this. No one expected anything on Easter Sunday morning. And I want to tell you today, if maybe you walked in this room today and you walked here out of obligation to an invitation, maybe you walked in here this morning out of habit because you're here every Sunday, maybe you walked in this morning because it's Easter Sunday and going to church is what you do, maybe your expectation is pretty high or maybe it's pretty low or maybe it's non-existent, but I want to tell you, your level of expectation cannot stop Jesus from doing what Jesus said he would do this morning. The greatest event in history. That's what we're celebrating this morning. Right? Though it was promised, it was unexpected. And the words behind me ask the question, why does Easter matter? And one of the reasons it matters this morning is because even when life doesn't go as, an ex- as expected, Jesus can still move in ways that are beyond our expectations. So I want to share with you a few lessons this morning from the first Easter morning when it deals with when life throws us and deals us unexpected seasons. The first thing I want you to remember if you're going through a season that you did not expect to be in this morning is this, that Jesus works in ways that we cannot see or perceive. On the first Easter morning, Mary was going to the tomb to anoint a corpse, not meet a risen Savior. She was going to pray, uh, I'm sorry, going to pay memory and pay homage or pay, uh, you know, respect to her son that is lost, to her son that has been killed. But she's not expecting at all that she's going to come away any different than what she's going. She is going to the tomb. Perhaps she has on, on mourning clothes. Perhaps she has, well, we know she has spices in her possession to anoint the body of Jesus. If someone had walked up to Mary and told Mary on her way to the tomb, listen, don't be sad, don't be sorrowful, because though you're walking to the tomb, grieving you're going to walk away with joy in your heart peace in your soul you're going to go to bed tonight and your life will be changed forever don't worry about this moment of mourning because it's going to be replaced with joy if someone would have told Mary that she would have said you are nuts she was not expecting you don't take you don't take burial spices to meet a risen savior She was not expecting Jesus to rise from the dead. But here's the thing. Jesus moves beyond what we expect sometimes. We don't always understand what Jesus is up to. Even in moments when life goes differently than what we think they should go, Jesus can always work behind the scenes to bring good about the things the enemy meant to be bad. 
Matter of fact, this Easter wasn't the first time Jesus did more than people expected. There were two sisters. Their name was Martha and Mary. They had a brother named Lazarus who got sick and died. And the Bible says that Jesus showed up to Lazarus' funeral four days too late. He'd been buried for four days when Jesus showed up. And Martha told Jesus in John chapter 11 that, hey, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother might be alive. If you would have been here, things might have gone differently. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Though someone even dies, they can live through me. Can I tell you, the, the expectation of that crowd was not for Lazarus to come out of the grave. The expectation of that crowd was this. Mary and Martha said, it's too late. The crowd said, if you open the tomb, it's going to stink. Other people said, if he would have been here earlier, you might could have made a difference. But none of those changed anything. When Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, he came out of the grave, and those that were dead were now alive forevermore. That's what Jesus does. He does more than we can expect and more than we can perceive, and he does it today. He still does it today. We have to remember there's plans that we're not privileged to see. And maybe you're in a place today that you never expected to be. Maybe you're facing pain you never even knew existed. It's amazing how one day you don't even know a pain exists and the next day it's yours. But can I tell you, Jesus can heal and work in ways beyond what you perceive. Well, Pastor, how, does, how and why does Jesus do that? How does he work behind the scenes in ways that I don't perceive? Well, I'll give you three real quick. A, if you're keeping notes this morning, is he, Jesus always works to keep his word. Do you understand that when Jesus walked out of the tomb, when the stone rolled away, that was not just Jesus showing off. That was Jesus showing up in a way that the Bible had declared he would show up and show off all the way from the book of Genesis that he would come. He would be killed. He would be crucified. But on the third day, he would rise again. See, everything that takes place on Easter Sunday is not about Jesus just showing off. It's about Jesus keeping his word. The empty tomb declares through eternity past and eternity future that Jesus always keeps his word second thing Easter proves is that Jesus doesn't just keep his word Jesus always works for my good did you know what Easter is about it's about God's glory sure it's about Jesus's power absolutely but ultimately it's about Jesus's plan for you and Jesus's plan for you can be wrapped up into one word, and that word is called redemption. Taking that which was not and making it what is. What I could not be, but now I am. What I could never gain, but now I have, because Jesus is alive. Jesus, th this is the why part of Easter. Why did Jesus have to die? Why did he have to be buried? And why did he have to raise on the third day so that you and I could not just have our sins forgiven and our past buried so that we could come out of the grave of our sin as well and have a life that is eternal, a life that is more than abundant, and a life that goes on forever. Amen. Amen. He came that we could have a different life. 
So he works his word, he works on your behalf, and he works to always bring us to himself. John chapter 14, Jesus said, hey, if I go away, I'm going away for one reason, so that where I am, you can be also. Second thing that Easter teaches us is that Jesus is not limited by the impossible. Much of what is going on in Matthew 28 at the resurrection story on that Easter morning is about unexpected things. Earthquakes generally, generally are unexpected. You usually can't time those events. Angels showing up, usually unexpected. Stones being rolled away, usually unexpected. Guards being so afraid that they shake and become dead men, unexpected. Jesus is not limited by our expectations, nor is he limited by what we deem is possible or impossible. When Mary goes back and tells the disciples what she's seen, the Bible says that the disciples said these words, it seemed to them as nonsense. Now, how would that make you feel if you came and shared the most life-changing event of your life? And someone looked at you and said, that's just nonsense. That's exactly what happened. No one believed Mary because really the reason they didn't believe her was because it was too good to be true. But how many know that we serve a God who's in the business of doing things that are too good to be true? Right? He, he redeemed those who seemed too far gone. He healed those to see, that seemed to be too sick. He used those who seemed to be too reckless or too useless. He restored those who seemed to be too broken. Why? Because Jesus is not limited by the impossible, impossible mountains or obstacles in your life today. The Bible says this, and here's why the resurrection matters to you and I this morning. Here's why it speaks to those impossible things in my life this morning. In Romans chapter 8, it says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it right now, it didn't expire at the cross, it didn't expire at the tomb. The Bible says right now, it lives in you and I. So the things that may seem impossible to you are still possible with God. Easter reminds us that Jesus still can do the impossible. Here's a third lesson this morning is that Jesus can meet me where I am. And verse number 8 says, The women turned, hurried from the tomb, filled with joy, yet afraid. And they ran to the disciples. Here comes another unexpected moment. And suddenly Jesus meets them. Now, I'm not trying to pick on Mary or these other ladies at the resurrection. But they did not have what I would call perfect faith. They were afraid. You know what the Bible says? They were, they were filled with joy, but they were afraid. They knew what they saw, but they didn't really know what to expect. They knew what they heard, but they still didn't really know what to believe. And this verse really helps me because I am exhibit A for someone who sometimes does not have perfect faith. Sometimes I hear the word of God, but I just don't know whether I can believe it or not. Don't look at me at that tone of voice. You've, you've, you've had those moments too. You know what the word of God says, but can I really believe it? 
Can I really get excited about it? Can I really take it to the bank? Can I really count on it? Jesus meets them. They, they have imperfect faith. But Jesus meets them anyway. Have you ever been so disappointed that it makes it really hard to believe again? You know, I'll share with you some, some pain that Megan and I have experienced personally, but we've also experienced that it is not, it is nowhere near isolated to us. We've heard this story from couple after couple after couple over the last 25 years or so of ministry. More than once, I've ran into a couple who found out they were going to have a child. And after finding out they have a child, you, you do what you always do when you find out you're going to have your first child, right? What do you, you tell people? You, you know, back in, back Back in the day, you would go to Babies R Us and you would discover that you can spend all the money you want to on a baby, right? And all of a sudden, you're, you're changing your life because you're expecting. And so you buy the baby stroller and you buy the crib and you buy the, you know, the, 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 the doctor bottle maker 6,000 that, you know, it's better than everyone else's baby bottles. And you, you get all the stuff and you send out notices and Facebook messages and you let people know we're expecting and I've cried with several couples who after they've done all that they suffer a miscarriage some of you know exactly what I'm talking about you've been there you've done that it's painful and I've also seen couple after couple and Megan and I have been this couple before to where when the second time you find out you're expecting, what do you do? You wait a little bit longer, don't you? You stay quiet a little bit longer. And when you finally begin to share the news, you share it, but you share it while you're cautious. You cautiously, you're joyful, but it's a cautious joy. You, you, you get your hopes up, but you kind of guard your heart because you, what if something, what if something is, changes? We, we've been let down before. We've been devastated before. And when Mary, when the Bible says about Mary, she was afraid but filled with joy. I can't help but wonder if maybe that is the type of moment she was having where she, she was excited. I mean, let's be real. Three days earlier, she just seen her son get crucified and die. Is he really? Do I have him back forever or is this just a moment? Am I really going to be able to spend some time with him or is this just, what, what's, what's going on? She her faith isn't maybe what I would think it ought to be or what you would think it ought to be, but I'm just thankful that Easter reminds me that I don't, I don't have to understand everything perfectly for Jesus to show up and minister to my life. As a matter of fact, Jesus rose, and the first person he asked for by name was Peter. Come on. Peter was the guy that had just denied him Three times after Jesus told him, hey, take it to the bank, Peter. You're going to deny me three times. And Peter said, I'll never do it. But Peter rose. He meets his heartbroken mom. He asks for a failed disciple by name. 
he appears to doubting Thomas and says, reach your hand on my side and touch, touch the place in my hands where, where the nails went in. He turned to disciples who had, who had rejected, or not rejected, but, but had deserted him. He showed up to all of them as a reminder to you and I that nothing that is faulty about us can keep away the perfect love of Jesus from your life. The tomb is empty so that your heart can be filled with the joy of knowing him today. He rose for you and he rose for me. Jesus is willing to meet you where you are. Maybe this, this morning you're heartbroken, you're injured. Maybe this morning, I know this is a word we don't hear about this morning, but you're keenly aware that you're sinful and you're faulty and you're in need of the help of God this morning. No matter what you expected out of today or what you expected out of Easter, here's the reality. Jesus can break those expectations and bring healing to your life, salvation to your soul, peace to your mind, and joy to a heart that thought such things were impossible when you come into the presence of God. And I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. The worship team is going to make their way to the platform and get ready to lead us in a song in just a moment. But before I get to my last point of my message today, I just want to ask this question. You say, Pastor, I'm in the room, and I'm in a season I never expected to be in, and I need the help of Jesus. And I'm aware that I need the help of Jesus. Maybe you're in the need of help with Jesus because of something that's happened to you, or maybe you're in the help, need the help of Jesus because you're just aware today that I am not right with God. I am far from God, and Easter says I can be near to God. And so today, I just want to ask the God who I'm far from to draw me near. He wants to do that. The empty cross and the empty grave proves that Jesus wants to be near to you. As you say, Pastor, I need, I need the help of God this morning. I'm not going to embarrass you, call you out. I just want to include you in prayer in just a moment. Would you just lift a hand real quick and see me, Pastor, pray for me? I'm in a season I never expected to be in, and I need the help of God. Amen? 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 Amen. See those up in the balcony as well. Amen. 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 In the back there. Yeah. Amen. Over here on my side. Can I tell you, Jesus can blow through your expectations. If you're in a season that you think, Pastor, I just, I don't know what to expect. You can expect God to keep his word. That's what Easter says. You can expect Jesus to show up in times that you don't understand. That's what he did at this Easter that we just read about. He'll show up for you. So this morning, I want to pray for you. God, I just pray for every person lifted their hand. Some of them lifted their hands because they're in a situation they never dreamed they'd be in, and they need help that they don't have on their own. And so God, over their life, I just speak Romans chapter 8, that that same power that rose Christ from the dead can live in them. And I pray this morning that the power that rose Jesus from the dead will live in them. I pray it will live in them with a new fervency and a new fire that will burn through every doubt, every fear, every heartache, every moment that they don't understand will be secured by the love and the power of Jesus. And I pray that just as you walked out of the grave, that God, this morning, you're going to enable people to walk out of situations that they thought were impossible. And God, you're going to, just going to allow them to walk out of it. You're going to walk out of it with them, hand in hand with them. And what they thought was never 
able to be overcome, Lord, they're going to look back and see your faithfulness from this moment forward because they chose to trust in you. And God, I also pray for those this morning who lifted a hand who perhaps are far from you. First John says that if we will confess our sins, that you are faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from everything that's not right. So God, I pray there's someone in the room today who is far from you. They lifted their hand or they didn't. Maybe they're watching online today and they're far from you. God, I pray today you'll draw them near to you. I pray they'll take a prayer moment and that they'll confess you with their mouth that you are the Lord Jesus. And they will believe in their heart that you did live and you did die for them and you rose on the third day so they can have life and life abundant. And they will confess with their mouth that they believe you and that they need you. And from this day forward, they're going to follow you. And the word promises us when we do those things that we are now a new creation in Jesus. So I pray that today new creations will become will be the evidence of this service today. People who are not following Jesus are now following Jesus. Those who are overwhelmed with this season are now overwhelmed with the hope of Jesus Christ that's delivered to us through this season. And I pray you'll do it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you believe that prayer with me this morning, would you give the Lord a hand clap today? We love you, Lord. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing it this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, church, you got to outline. Some of you stand on an outline. You say, Pastor, there's supposed to be four points. I've only got three, and I will not be able to eat lunch until I get number four. I understand. So here's point number four is that everyone who left Easter left with a story. Every believer proclaims who Jesus is. You know, the soldiers, they left with a story. They went back and told the Pharisees and the rulers, hey, that guy who you said was dead is alive. Right? And so they paid him a bunch of money to shut up and don't tell anybody. Mary went to anoint her son, and she went back to the disciples and said, hey, my son was dead, but he's alive, and I've seen him. I put my hands on his feet, and I worshiped him. I said, Mary, you are nuts. That's nonsense. But then they went for themselves, and they met Jesus. Every, Every person who had an encounter with Jesus had a story to tell. And the same is true with you, and the same is true for me. And can we just decide this morning, we're not going to let anyone steal our story. You can't buy our story. You can't silence our story. It doesn't matter if no one believes our story. We've got a story of how Jesus has changed our life. And so in just a few moments, I pray we will leave the Assembly Church and tell the world that Jesus is alive. We've had an encounter with Him that cannot be taken. Amen? I want to ask you to join me all across this room. and the, Join me by, by standing. Some of you are saying, we've already joined you. We're here. Join me by standing. <laughs> and we're going to close our service with this song of worship. Then I'll pray a dismissal prayer. But I want to ask you, let's pray this morning. Let's declare this morning the name of Jesus over our life. The name of Jesus over our unexpected circumstances. The name of Jesus over our families. And the name of Jesus over our world today. Because he's the one that can do what others say is impossible. Amen. Let's declare Jesus and I'll pray us out of here. Come on, let's sing it.
Pastor, I'm so thankful that God is going to help me through the unexpected seasons. I can tell you He will. He will help you through the unexpected seasons of your life. And no one can help you like Jesus. I'll say it again. No one can help you like Jesus. Don't, don't, look to, don't, let for people, don't look for people to take the place of Jesus. They can't do it. Only He can do it. But I can tell you, in addition to the help of Jesus, the second greatest help on planet Earth that I know of is the help of a local church and the presence of a local church. And if you're not part of a local church, the assembly, we, love, we would love to point you to Jesus and lock arms with you and walk through the situations of your life that you deem impossible. And we're going to be your witnesses that Jesus can do the impossible. So this morning, I would challenge you, if you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to worship with us regularly here at the assembly. We, we're not perfect, but we serve a perfect Jesus. So Father, I just pray for the congregation today. God, I pray you'll bless them, you'll keep them, let your face shine upon them, blow their mind and surpass their expectations in their life personally, as you did on the Easter Sunday morning. And we'll give, give you thanks in Jesus' name. Would you give the Lord a hand clap for his goodness and for his word today? We love you. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day, and God bless.